Turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Romans. We're going to be in Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5. And as always, the music has been outstanding. And uh, we look forward to what the, uh, the Word of God has for us this morning. Romans chapter number 5. I'm going to read three verses of Scripture this morning, beginning with verse number 6. And we'll read down through verse number 8. And the message this morning... I know will be a, a help to us if you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Uh, I want you to listen very carefully to the message this morning. Uh, if you've never been saved, if you're depending on some, something or someone other than the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation, I want you to listen very carefully. The message this morning is going to be a help to you. Perhaps if you're here this morning and you have a, uh, from time to time you doubt your salvation, uh, I want you to listen very, very carefully to the message this morning. And then if you're not in those two categories and you're in the category you're saved, you know it, you're secure in it this morning, you can listen too because it's going to be a help to you as well as we look at our text this morning. Romans 5, beginning with verse number 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, Yet peradventure, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me read verse number 8 again. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners. Those last four words, you see it in the word of God there? Christ died for us. What a thought. What a statement, the fact that Christ died for us. You know who us is? It's everybody in this room this morning. Christ died for us. He didn't just die for me. He didn't just die for you. He died for us. He died for all of us. This morning, I want to preach on that thought this morning. Christ died for us. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in church. So many don't have this privilege. So many don't have this opportunity. Father, I pray that uh, as the message is preached this morning, the Spirit of God would uh, speak through me, would work through me. But Father, I, I pray and I believe that He's already at work. Uh, how can we hear the music that we've already heard and the Spirit not stir within us? Uh, Father, I pray that if there is one unsaved this morning, that the Holy Spirit of God would put them under such conviction that they would uh, get to the place where they we trust Christ as our Savior today. And Father, may we be encouraged by the Scripture this morning. May we, we be encouraged by the reminders uh, throughout the message. The fact that uh, there's a love that we really cannot comprehend of a Savior who would die for us. And Father, I pray that your will will be done this morning. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a thought to think that Christ died for us. If you're familiar with the Word of God, you're familiar with the Gospels, uh, you no doubt uh, have read the accounts of the crucifixion of Christ. The Gospel, the finished work of Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Uh, Christ dying for us. One cannot read the account of Christ's crucifixion without being moved. The physical torment that the Son of God endured there that day leading up to the cross and on the cross, his suffering, his death. This is the Son of God we're talking about. This is the God-man. 
This is Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father today. This is the Son of God who one day will return to this earth. This is the Son of God who is through His shed blood that has been applied to our account that we have access to the Heavenly Father. This isn't a good man we're talking about. This is a perfect man. This isn't a, 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 a preacher, another prophet that we're talking about. This is the word uh, that we are talking about. And the, and the scripture tells us that he died. He didn't die without a purpose. He didn't die without a cause. He died for us. Why would he die? Scripture tells us in verse number 8, he had died for us. Why would he endure what he endured and the suffering that the Son of God endured and child of God this morning? Never get away from what Christ did for you. Never forget the suffering that he endured, but not just in the physical suffering, but the spiritual suffering as he suffered your death and your hell. Don't ever forget the suffering that Christ endured. Why would he do it? Why did he do it? He did it for us. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for men. All of us know people that we would say, that is a good man, that is a good lady, that those are good people. And sometimes we can, we can rationalize our mind around that, and I'll get to more of that in a moment, but think about man and, and think about who God is and His holiness and His righteousness. Why would He be concerned with us and why would He be concerned with our spiritual state because it's a love and a care that we really cannot comprehend? Why would Christ die? He died for us. And so with that thought this morning, I want us to... Look into our text, and I believe there will be some things this morning that we all can glean from, some things this morning that we can be encouraged from, some things this morning, if you're lost, you have a hope. The hope that we have in this world isn't in anything other than the Son of God, Jesus Christ Himself. Let's notice, first of all, in verse number 6, for when we were yet without strength, we find, first of all, our inability to save ourselves. Do you realize that no man has ever forgiven his own sins? No man is capable of saving himself from the eternity in which he is earned by being a sinner. And the scripture points out that when we were yet without strength, when we were without ability to save ourselves, when we were without ability to, to, to reconcile ourselves to God. That is when Christ died for us. We see the inability to save ourselves. Throughout history, man has been trying to save himself. There might be someone in the building this morning, you've been trying your whole life to save yourself. You've been trying your whole life to find something that would work, something that would give you peace, some, some form of religion, some form of, of, of formality that, that you could save yourself. Maybe it is teach, uh, keeping certain commandments, but whatever it is, you're not the first one to try and save yourself. Men have always tried to save themselves and we're reminded man tries to save himself by his own righteousness, by his own works. So many are fooled by the thought that they can work their way to God. 
how do you work your way to perfection without being perfect? Uh, I remind us this morning of what Isaiah 64, 6 says, but we are all as an unclean things, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. In the sight of a holy God, our righteous acts are filthy rags. Imagine what our sin is in the sight of God. The good things we do, the righteous acts we do, the things that are good, the things that are positive, the things that, that, that where we, 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 we don't go against the word of God. The Bible declares that in the sight of a holy God, even our righteous acts are as filthy rags. And friend, let me remind you this morning, the context, context of those filthy rags, is, it's not the, 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 the rags that are sitting in the corner of your garage. It's, it's not the rags that might be sitting in a, in, a, in a dirty sink this morning. These are the rags that would literally clean the open wounds of, of, of a leper, leprous man. This is what the scripture tells us in the sight of a holy God, the good things as they are in His presence. So how, how could man ever enter into the presence of a holy God if the good things, how could we do enough good if in the sight of a holy and a perfect God, the good acts we do appear in such a manner? But not only by our own righteousness have we, man, tried to save themselves, but through religion. I'm reminded of 1 Timothy 2, 5. For there is one God. In spite of what this world will tell you, there is one God. In spite of what is politically correct, there is one God. There's still one preacher in town that would rather be scripturally correct than politically correct. There is one God. And one mediator between God and man. There's one God, and I'll get a lot of agreement on that, but sometimes those that have been deceived by religion, when you say there's one mediator, that just does not sit well with them. Was well, that mediator my priest or somebody else's priest? Is that mediator the Pope or is it somebody else? Aren't you glad Scripture clarifies for us, for there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Religion has never saved a man. I don't care what religion it is. The Catholic religion cannot save you. The Presbyterian religion cannot save you. The Baptist religion cannot save you. There is only one. It is the man Christ Jesus. Man has tried to save himself through religion. But I also remind you what Jesus himself said in John 14 verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. He didn't say, I am a way. He said, I am the way. The truth. And the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, the gospel is inclusive because it's for everyone but it's exclusive as well because there's only one way to get to the Father, and it is through the Lord Jesus Christ. 
our inability. See, Pastor, why are you dwelling on this? You're preaching to the choir this morning. We know this. We understand this. Well, there might be one in the service this morning who's never heard anything like this. But I think we need to be reminded because even after we're saved and the gospel changes us and cleans us up, I think sometimes we, we, we get this false sense of understanding of we deserve salvation. And I was good enough to be saved. No, friend. Man has never been able to save himself. Man has never had the ability to save his own soul. How could one man, I don't care what religious tag you put on him, how can one sinner grant forgiveness to another sinner? Well, that, that, that's just the way. It's absurd. It's like... Two people being on death row and one saying, okay, you're forgiven, go. That's the silliness with one sinner saying to another sinner, I'll talk to God for you and I'll work it out okay for you. That's not the way it works. Jesus himself said he was the only way. And if you're saved this morning, you're on your way to heaven this morning, you know your sins have been forgiven this morning. We all know that the same way is through the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's important for us to be reminded as we, as we see this morning that Christ died for us of our inability to save ourselves. Man cannot save himself. We cannot legislate ourselves to heaven. We cannot work our way to heaven. It's important for us to be reminded as we think of number two. That's found in verse number six and seven. For when we were yet without strength, we just spent some time talking about how we were our inability to save ourselves. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's the second thing I want us to see this morning is that he died for the ungodly. He didn't die for the good, for there are none good. He didn't die for the righteous. He died for the ungodly. I, I make this point this morning because I don't want anybody to think that they have done so much bad that they could not be saved. I don't want anybody to think that there are things that because they have done them and sins that they have committed that Christ would not save them. No, He died for the ungodly. He died for the sinner. What an unusual thing for, for Christ who is perfection to die for the ungodly. Verse 7 bears this out. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. So it's, it's, it's odd that somebody would die for somebody who's good. But for somebody who's ungodly? This, this, uh, I was thinking about this illustration this morning, and it may not be a good illustration, but I think, it, I think it bears out the point. I believe that most of you, if not all of you, would have this approach that I have if somebody breaks into my house in the middle of the night to harm my family. One of us isn't leaving. I'm willing to stand, fight for my family, I'm willing to even give my life for my family. I think we would all agree with that, wouldn't we? Ladies, if, you're, if your husband isn't on his head, we need to talk later. But, but uh, uh, I think we all would agree with that. 
would you die for the other guy? Say, no, he's trying to hurt my family. That's the point I'm making. For you and I, it's a sacrifice that we would make for a very, very few. But for Christ, He not only dies for what those that, those that would be dear to our heart, but He would give His life, He did give His life for the ungodly. Sometimes we got to be careful of this church. We clean up, we dress up, we come into the house of God, we sing those songs of praise to our God, we rejoice in our salvation. We're thankful that we're not living the way that we used to live. We're thankful of that which God saved us out of. Or we're thankful of that which, if we were saved at a young age, our salvation kept us out of. But let's be reminded, Christ died for more than sit in this building right here. Those that often, it's just, let's just be honest this morning, that we have a tendency to look down our nose at, and we have to scurry away from, and that's the part of town you don't want to go to, and this is the part of society you don't want to, that you want to stay away from. Christ died for the ungodly. He died for every man. He died for all sinners. And friend, this morning, if you're here and you don't know for sure you're on your way to heaven, don't let the devil tell you that you've sinned too much, your sins are too great. You are sitting in a room this morning of nothing but sinners saved by the grace of God. Christ died for the sinner. Christ died for the ungodly. And some of you may have been surprised this morning that the building didn't fall in on you when you came in here. Well, friend, if it didn't fall in on you, it's going to fall in on all of us because we are all just sinners. Why would the Son of God die for me? You don't have to clean yourself up before Christ died for you. He died for the ungodly. Leads me to the third truth I want us to see this morning. This is, this is going to be good. I'm just going to let you know. Verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us. In that. Notice this next phrase. While we were yet sinners. The third point I want to make this morning is. He did know what we were. Look at that phrase, while we were yet sinners. Romans 3.23 tells us, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody has sinned. If you sit here this morning and you say, well, I've never sinned, well, you're also a liar too, so therefore we've all sinned. That's why we gather together as, as, as sinners saved by the grace of God in the house of God on the Lord's Day and we rejoice in the songs that were sung this morning. We, we, we get excited at the thought of the reminder that I know whom I have believed, the reminder that I have salvation, I have forgiveness. It's because God knew who we were and He still sent His Son to die for us. He knew what we were and He still was willing to lay down His life. While, you got to circle that word in your Bible. That word while, we know what it, we use it all the time. It signifies during a, a space of time, but also indicates a continued duration. 
Christ didn't die when you cleaned yourself up. In the midst of being a liar, he died for you. In the midst of being a drunkard, he died for the sinner. In the midst of being an adulterer, he died for the sinner. In the midst of being a thief, he died for the sinner. In the midst of being a murderer, he died for the sinner. Hey friend, while we were yet sinners, when we were in our sin, Jesus said that he came not to for, the, for, for those that were not sick, but for those that were sick. And we have been sick with the, our sin nature, and he died while. Too many, I've talked to too many through the years, but when I get my act together, I'll make that decision. You're missing the point. God doesn't expect anybody to stop sinning to be saved. Christ died while we were yet sinners. Because He remembereth we are but dust. While we were yet sinners and... Chapter 6 reminds us in many places that we, after salvation, we the Spirit ought to be in control and not the flesh. But he, doesn't, he didn't expect us to stop either when we were saved. And some of you, you, have a, you doubt your salvation is because uh, this old flesh gets the best of you from time to time. You don't have victory in areas over your time. So, well, I, well I, just, I just, I must not be saved. No, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He knew what we were, and he still died for us. He knew what we were, and, and he still laid down his life. He knew what we were, and he still went to the cross. He knew what we were, and he still let sinful man spit on him and beat him and whip him and nail him to a cross. He knew what we were, but he still gave his life so that we might have salvation. If you're saved this morning, and that doesn't do something for you, it's probably been a little too long since you've thought about your salvation and what Christ saves you out of, or maybe you think your sin's not as bad as those that are in the, in, 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 in the sewers of society today. No, friend, every sin offends God. Your sin, my sin, the sin of those out there, and while we were yet sinners, God knew that we couldn't save ourselves. He sent His Son. We didn't have to clean ourselves up so we could get saved. Well, He saved us in our current condition. He'll save you this morning if you're not saved in your current condition. Because I remind you, for when we were yet without strength, nobody here can save themselves. While we were yet sinners. You want to know the love of God while we were yet sinners? While we were in the midst of our sin, he saved us. Fourthly, this morning and finally, it brings us back to those four words Christ died for us. If we're told in verse number six, we're reminded that we don't have the strength to save ourselves, we have no ability to get to God. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a statement 
that is not so naive on the basis of level, but it is, it is, it is irresponsible and ignorant. We hear it all the time. Do you know for sure you can go to heaven? Well, I hope so. We're dealing with our eternity, folks. We're dealing with heaven and hell. That's not something I'm going to spend my life hoping that's resolved. But it's coming from a source that we can't do anything about. We cannot save ourselves. We don't have the strength. If we can't save ourselves, and we're ungodly, and it's uncommon for someone to even die for a righteous man, a good man, and he died for the ungodly, we're in the midst of our sins. We didn't clean ourselves up. We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't have to quit doing all the things we shouldn't do before God would send His Son to die on that cross. And if you're saved this morning, you didn't have to stop doing everything in order for Him to save you. There's but one way, and that's faith through the, the, the work of Christ then it brings us to those last four words, the title of our message this morning. Christ died for us. Why, if we can't save ourselves? Why, if we were in the midst of our sin? Why, if we were the ungodly? You'll see it in verse number 8. But God commendeth His love toward us. His death was an act of love. He commended or he showed. I'm sure we all have friends and family members who tell us that they love us. They just have an odd way of showing us. They tell us, oh, you mean so much to me. But they don't ever show their love. And after a while, don't you get kind of used to that? Oh, I, yeah, I know, I know, I know you do. But you don't really believe it. And we use the scripture for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Over and over in the word of God, we find God's testimony to man of how he loves us. But yet, verse number 8 of Romans chapter number 5 gives us evidence and testimony of Him showing His love toward us. And God doesn't just declare that He loves us. And friend, we can say that if this world hates me, at least God loves me. And that's a true statement. But God's words do not ring hollow because we are reminded in this verse of Scripture but God commendeth, or He showed His love toward us in that while we were in our sin, in that while we were still sinners, in that while we had no strength to save ourselves, no strength to overcome our sin nature. Christ died for us. His death was an act of love. The fact Christ knew what we were, He was still willing to die for us, is the greatest testimony of love. 
No man can go through life saying, God doesn't love me. Not only has he told you, he showed you. I don't, I don't understand why one, I don't understand why a child would re- reject the love of a parent. I don't understand why the parent would reject the love of a child. But how could a man reject the love of God? How could a man reject the greatest act of love that has ever been showed? His death, Christ died for us. There's facts we've seen this morning. We couldn't save ourselves. You can't save yourself. And if you're sitting here this morning and you don't know for certain you're on your way to heaven, you don't know what you're going to do with, 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 with the life that you've lived, you don't know what you're going to do with this burden of sin that is on you, let me tell you this morning, there is an eternity for every man. And long after uh, your, 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 your body uh, is old and decrepit and breaks down and doesn't work anymore on this side of eternity, there's an eternal soul that is going to spend an eternity in heaven or hell. And that's why Christians have comfort this morning. When a loved one passes away or when we face our own mortality because we know that we have accepted the gift that God has given. Friend, if you're here this morning and you've never, you can't save yourself, you can try and be as good as you possibly could be, and you're never going to be good enough. You can't clean yourself up either. Enough. To be worthy of what Christ has done. But thankfully, we don't have to. Because his death was an act of love. Just across the page in my Bible, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. I just spoke of that because we're all sinners. We deserve that spiritual death. The payment of our own sins. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you're saved this morning, if you've gotten this settled, let's be reminded that Christ died for us. Shouldn't we live for Him? Christ died for us. Let's be reminded. I'm thankful the longer the longer you're saved, the longer you submit to the Word of God, the more of a change the Holy Spirit of God will work in your life. And the further removed you are from that unsaved man, the ungodly man. But as we get a long way away, let us not forget that the best of us never measures up to a perfect and a holy God. God commendeth his love while during with an expectation that that time is going to continue. How many of us parents have ever said, if you, if you don't do that again, then I'll, and we, we name it a reward. God said, I'm going to show I love you and I know you. I love you. And I know you're still a sinner. Yet, I'm going to die for you so you might have eternal life. You might have that gift. 
you're saved this morning, rejoice in your salvation. Be reminded of your salvation. And sometimes when you don't have an answer for your burden, you don't have an answer for your, for your heartache, you can at least say, God loves me enough that he saved me. Christ died for us. If you're struggling with having, having peace and in, 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 in security and knowing that you are saved and doubt your salvation from time to time, be reminded, it's nothing that you could have done. It's all what Christ has done. And while we were sinners, He knew what we were. He expects from us what we are. He still died for us. And this morning, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I've probably heard all of the excuses and justifications. I'm a good person. I try and keep the commandments. Very simply, I'll just remind us very quickly that our good acts in the sight of a holy God are as filthy rags. Well, I'm a good church member. Church membership won't save you. Well, I'm a religious person, never saved a soul. But a lot have died and gone to hell because they were holding on to a religion. And they had never accepted what Christ did on Calvary. This morning I plead with you to accept the love of God. Don't reject His love. Well, I, I'm not worthy of it. You're looking, even though I'm a the pastor of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, I'm not worthy of the love of God. I'm not worthy of my salvation. But I'm certainly going to rejoice in it. Except Christ today. Our heads are bowed.